Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Just thanks again. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh yeah, man. I, I, I like your, I like the story. Uh, let's talk about it. So Bree Doyle on the Rider Flex podcast. Bree, thank you so much for being on today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. So interesting background, right? I, I you know, I looked you up. I'm like, okay, school teacher, writer, <laughs> then like, eh, I don't want, I think I want to be an entrepreneur. I think I want to help people with retreats. Is that, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I'm trying to figure it out. Right. I'm looking at your, your background. I'm like, okay, let me, let me, let me see what's going on here. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm so I'm anxious to get into it, but t- tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, your personal life early on first, like where you grew up, parents, siblings, let's, let's talk about some of that first, go for it. Yeah, sure. So I, I'm from Boulder, Colorado. I actually live here now, um, but I'm from here. I'm one of the rare people that's actually from oh, here wow. and live here now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, Do you have I, one of those native, you got one of those native stickers on the back of your car? <laughs> I should. I don't. I'm actually, I was born in Texas and my parents moved out here when I was two weeks old. So my younger okay. brothers always tell everybody that I'm actually a Texan, but I <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I have two younger brothers. I grew up in South Boulder, um, and you know, spent all of my life here really, and then went away to college, and and then came back after living in New York City for a while. Um, yeah, it's just such a great way to grow up, a great place to have um, such nice outdoor values, and um, I wanted to get back here. So yeah, I love it in Boulder. Did you go to New York professionally after you graduated from CU? Is that what you did? I, yeah, so I, I moved out to New York City um, to be, well, I was a teacher and I was teaching there. My, at the time, boyfriend, my now husband, um, he moved out there for a career as well. So we we were kind of picking, you know, where in the East Coast we wanted to try. And it was between Boston and New York City. And we both were like, okay, let's try New York City. So moved out there and that's where I started my teaching career. Um, oh, wow. Which was, oh, yeah, wow. It was wild. <laughs> it you grew was up and did you meet your husband when you were going to college at CU? So I, um, we met my very best friend from elementary school, actually, um, went to college with him. So we, we all got together one summer and that's how, that's how I met him. And then we just stayed in touch. We actually did distance. I went to Colorado college in Colorado Springs and then also CU and he and I dated while he was, um, in college back East and then, um, yeah. And then moved together out to New York city. That was like the first time we were together out there. So, so, so he grew up in Colorado, but he went to college in the East coast. And that's where the whole East Coast connection came in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we and, and I, he, you know, we'd wanted he, to live somewhere different. To try it oh, out you there. did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to figure out how that conversation was. Was he like, hey, listen, come out to the East? I mean, you know, teaching in New York City after growing up in Boulder, like, wow, that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It was- <laughs> 
<laughs> it was very eye-opening. My very first day of school. And I, you know, I, I don't know what level of appropriateness we're, we're okay with here, but I'll just go with the story because it's a crazy story. It was my very first day ever of teaching and all the kids, I had all my students sitting down. I was teaching seventh grade um, language arts and I hear this bang next door and I poke my head out and there was a veteran teacher and all the kids had locked the teacher out of the room and um, kids were having interesting sexual positions in the locked room <laughs> next door. <laughs> like eighth grade kids, I was like, oh my God, you know, so it's a little different from um, growing up in Boulder for sure. <laughs> Were you like living in one of those 800 square foot apartments in New York too? Like you and your husband, or was it, you yeah. know, a tiny place? Okay. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a great experience though, you know? I mean, I feel like after teaching in New York City, I came to Boulder and I was like, give me any kit, I can handle anything. <laughs> so it was a good experience for me as a teacher and it was great to live you know, somewhere else. And New York City is an amazing, vibrant city. So it was really fun, so. My wife's from a small town in Texas and I grew up in Oklahoma oh. and uh, we were living in Connecticut for a job for a while and a company tried to recruit me that was gonna require us to move to Brooklyn. Okay. And we, we, we drove down into New York and went over to Brooklyn and we were driving to the car and my wife's looking at me. She's like, I don't think so. We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, she's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, um, living there for sure. We, we were like ready to, you know, I miss the trees and the mountains and yeah. you know, people would be like, just go to Central Park. And I was like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, let, let me go. I want to go back just for a minute. What did your folks do? What did your parents do? Yeah. So my dad was in the oil business, actually, um, okay. industry for over 40 years. And then my mom um, was a stay-at-home mom. So she stayed home with us. Um, okay. Two younger brothers. Um, so, yeah. So. Are, your, are your folks still alive today? They're still good to go? They are. Both my parents are alive. I've been in Colorado, which is great. Does your dad still live in Boulder? No, they, so um, he, they, in Superior, actually, he lives in Superior. Okay. So close by them. Yeah. I was going to say, can, can you be in the oil, bi oil business and live in Boulder? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Superior, yeah. <laughs> He's, retired. <laughs> He's retired now a long time, but, um, but yeah, for a while, that was, that was the deal. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just joking around with all my Boulder friends. I'm just messing around. I know. <laughs> right. uh, okay. All right. So, um, but you, so you wanted to be a teacher, right? Or early on, that was your goal. Like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. I mean, I, I always loved kids and I um, worked with kids my whole life. And so I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I, you know, writing was something I've always loved as well. So it's kind of both facets for me and I could teach okay. writing and that, and, and for me, it was like, I could have a teaching credential and I could get a job anywhere. So that was really important to me, get out of school and be mm -hmm. totally independent. So, um, so I found teaching jobs really quite easily actually. And I loved okay. it the first 10 years of my career, I, I was a teacher and it was some of the best training. And even today, I mean, some of the most important training that I have for sure. <laughs> and then, so you're married, you were teaching for 10 years, you had kids, you had, uh, you had, I don't know, did you have all three kids during that 10 years of while you were in uh, teaching? No, I had, let's see, we had our first kiddo and then I left teaching at that point because oh. my husband's okay. career was really kind of picking up and he was traveling quite a lot. So we decided you know, I would stay home with the kids and write. That was my opportunity to start writing. Uh, so I, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. All right. So let me, let me take a pause there. So are you still living in New York city after you had your first child? 
we moved back um, right when we started having kids. We moved back to Boulder. Yeah. And his job, his job took him from the East Coast back to Boulder? You know what? We just cut bait and we were like, we can't live here anymore. We don't have any leads, but we're going to figure it out in Boulder. <laughs> so. Wow. Oh, so both of you guys quit your, you, hold on. Both of you guys quit your jobs on the East Coast and you had one kid, you moved back to Boulder and you're like, okay, I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we just, it was, it was actually before we had kids, but we, we knew we didn't want to stay in New York city. We had job offers on in, in San Francisco, but we really wanted to be in Boulder. So we just said, you know, screw it. We're going to leave and we're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work in Boulder. So we came here with no, no leaves and figured it out. <laughs> oh, wow. What did you call like mom and daddy? But I hate, can we stay with you for a few weeks? And <laughs> <find jobs? laughs> right. No, actually we went to travel. We went to New Zealand we were traveling through New Zealand and we were applying for jobs from being abroad. And both of us, um, we came back from New Zealand because we had interviews. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, oh, was the, I bet I bet that was so that was before kids. So you went to New Zealand on this trip. You weren't working, but you probably had some money saved up, whatever. You go to New Zealand for this backpacking trip or we'll go, well, you know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It was great. I mean, it's one of those risks, risks that you can take, you know, like when you're in your young 20s or whatever. And you're like, oh, right. We don't have any kids. So we just left everything. We, we packed up my parents' garage with my stuff, our stuff. And then we just laughed. What? (laughs) Was there a moment where you were like on a beach down in New Zealand, like at a little tiki hut bar and you were like, Hey, let's let's figure out like how to live here and like open up a little, was it, did you have some of those conversations? Oh yeah. (laughs) That's part of why I do what I do now. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking it is. I, I, right. I, that probably planted the seed right there. The New Zealand thing. Okay. That's a good sec. That's a good segue. Okay. So, all right. So, so you, you, you're in New Zealand, you do the, you do the hippie trail. No, I'm just joking around. I don't know what that was. Uh, so you come back to Boulder and he gets a job and you get a job too, or, or, or did you just start writing and you, you stayed at home then? No. So I got a job after New Zealand. I, I was a teacher here for nine years actually. And okay. Yeah. And then he um, was working with a company that called Eco Products and grew okay. that company. And um, so, yeah, okay. so it was that. And then after that, we had, I had my first kiddo. And then at that point, that's when I decided to stay home and pursue writing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, the, the thought to go back to teaching was always kind of there, but we, we kept having kids. So it didn't make as much sense. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So you're doing some, you're doing some writing, you're raising kids. All right. Now uh, talk to me about, yeah. So get, let's get it. How, how did you go from writing and being a stay at home mom and taking care of the family? And you're like, I want to do retreats. So talk, how did this happen? Walk me through the, the transition. Yeah. So I, it was actually, I was after I had my third kiddo, I was, I was struggling. I just felt like, man, I, I was so tired all the time. I was so depleted and I just felt like I was in a pretty low spot. And I, um, at that point I, I decided to go on a retreat because I, when I was younger, you know, I had done a lot of traveling obviously. And I studied abroad in Nepal actually when I was in college and that was like a really formative experience in my life. And, okay. um, that, you know, from there I met a Buddhist meditation teacher and started going on regular retreats. And this was kind of something I did all before I had kids. And then after I had my third kid, I just had, you know, years had gone by I since taking a retreat. And I was like, I need to do something because I'm in a funk. And, you know, it was for the first time in my life, I felt like I was looking for a label for what was wrong with me. Like, is this depression? Am I anxious? Mm. Like, is mm. it gluten? Like what's, you know, I felt just mm. sad. So I, 
So I took this retreat after I had my third kiddo and, um, he was like 15 months old or something. It was really hard to leave, but, um, and I realized that nothing was wrong with me, just that I you know, needed more space for myself. I had just been hemorrhaging all my energy onto everyone else, but myself. Mm. And so I came back from that and I was like, you know, I know I'm not the only one who feels like this and is struggling from feeling depleted and exhausted and wiped out. So, so it was from there that I, I started my retreat business and I actually didn't even intend to start a business. I just decided, Hey, I'm going to host a retreat. And so I, for a couple of years, I just did one retreat in this great place that I found. Um, but now it's kind of scaled and grown and now I'm doing multiple retreats, you know, at least one a month and private retreats and all different um, different kinds of retreats for people, because I think we all need space, you know, and our, our, our world, our society just doesn't encourage those kind of breaks. And mm. you know, sometimes we're so used to being plugged in and dialed in that when we take those breaks, it, we don't, we almost don't know what to do with ourselves. Um, right. right. So, so, and with my background as a teacher, like building curriculum is really my wheelhouse. And I read, I'm a voracious reader because I'm a writer as well. So, so I build, you know, I research a ton and then I build a curriculum that's really designed specifically for different um, outcomes and desires for folks to come and just like relax into. And I kind of take the reins from there. <laughs> so, so I want to ask a question. All right. So, so let me get this straight. You, you had, you were three kids, you're staying at home, you're feeling depressed. I don't know if depressed is the right word, but you're feeling anxious and you're like, I need to find something. You go to your husband and you're like, Hey, I'm going to like, uh, go uh, go away on a retreat by myself for for what was it two weeks one week three weeks what was that um at that point it was a week yeah it was a, a week, week for that a week mm -hmm. i'm gonna leave for a week by the way i know you have a full-time job but you got three kids you got we got three kids and a 15 month old but i'm gonna take off and go to like a different country so i'll see you <laughs> <laughs> right exactly i'm trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out how my wife would react to that i'm gonna be like oh, well i'm gonna go to like cancun for a week i'll see you <laughs> <laughs> right Totally. Uh, I'm thinking my wife wouldn't like that. How, how, yeah, your husband, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy. I'm a lucky woman, that's for sure. He's, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, and he's also very used to me. I mean, I, <laughs> that's my, that's how we actually came up with a pact when we first, when I first got pregnant, because I wasn't always sure that I wanted to have kids. You know, I okay. loved them, but I wasn't sure that I wanted my own kids. And so I was really fearful that I would lose all my autonomy and freedom. Mm. And, so we made a pact that like each of us would go on a retreat, you know, once a year, once oh, we had kids, even when they I were see. small. Um, and I had kind of fallen out of that practice by my third kiddo because it had just, I'd been just swimming in kids. And, um, but, but he, you know, he was, he was really great about it. And that's kind of one of the, the packs that we have with each other is like, I get to go and you get to go. And it's important for both mm. of us and important for our family it's it's always hard I hear this a lot from people like they're nervous to ask their partner but it's almost one of these things that's like once you once you have this ethos in your relationship then it becomes this beautiful thing where you both mm -hmm. can evolve in your own ways you know I'm having this visual of him like <laughs> and the, and, and I'm, this is the visual I have like he, he's in the car you guys are in the car on the way to the airport and he like pulls you you know pulls you up at the airport to drop off and the 15 month old is crying and the other two kids are you know, fighting in the back seat and it's loud and he's, you're kind of getting ready to get out of the car and he's looking at you. He's like, you're coming back, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so when you first do this, but when you first do your first retreat, you're not thinking I'm going to, you're not thinking I'm going to start a business and I'm going to start a brand. That wasn't really even part of it. No, not at all. No, Interesting. I was, no, I was, 
again, like I, I identify more as a creative type. I mean, I'm a writer, okay. I'm a dancer, you know, that's kind of more my wheelhouse. So, so my husband's okay. very business minded and turns out okay. I am too, but I, that was not something I was like tapping at that point. Cause I was so depleted. I just needed to like rebuild my own reserves really. And okay. you know, like, once you okay. do those kinds of things, as, as we've talked about briefly before, it's like, then you have all these creative ideas because I finally mm. felt full again, you know? And so mm. from there I was like, okay, you know, this could really become something. So because you're thinking, you're thinking, I know other people need this. Like I want to help other people find what I have found to make me happier and so your your first goal is just like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna help people i'm gonna do some of these retreats okay and then and then your husband's looking at you like hey can we make money on this let's turn this into a business <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah this is cool but let's make money on it too right uh, uh, my, my okay. first retreat i like i broke even I, and i was so excited okay now i'm uh, you know, savvier now but um, and in the beginning, I was just like, I just want to, you know, cover expenses and, I'll, you know, but now I know better. I've learned so much in the year and I'm learning <laughs> so quickly, you know, having, as you know, having your own deal, it's like you learn very quickly um, what works and what doesn't. And um, so I've learned a lot in a short period of time and I'm grateful for that, for sure. Mm. If you can, if you can help people do something that is a passion for you personally and make a little bit of money. Like that's the Holy grail, right? Cause you're doing all three. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's a dream. It's a dream. Okay. So give us, let's do this as it stands today. And, and, and I know that, you know, when you, okay. So at first it was, she glows retreats. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you're rebranding and just to Brie Doyle, but give us, give us the, um, you know, Brie Doyle.com. Give us the overview as it stands today, the three minute elevator pitch, go for it. Yeah, so my specialty is mental and emotional wellness. So I create experiences for people to drop into to really be proactive about their mental and emotional health. Um, my belief is that we're obsessed with health. You know, we spend $30 billion a year out of pocket expenses on health, on healthcare. The interesting thing about that is what we associate with health is like broccoli and skinny jeans and gaining biceps and all of these things, you know, physical, physical health. Is so physical. important. Right. But to me, you know, it's that mental emotional piece that's really missing. And so that's what my whole brand is about is about mental and emotional wellness. And so I offer, you know, I do one on ones, I do um, retreats, my book really dials this down as well. You know, I have lots of different avenues to kind of um, support people with mental and emotional wellness is really my intention to make it a proactive thing so that it's not, you know, all we hear about mental and emotional health is, are the horrifying statistics, like one in four um, adults in the U.S. has a diagnosable uh, mental, mental illness. Or, mm, is that right? Is that's the stat? Oh my God. Okay. I didn't know it was that. I know. And 10, I was looking through my book this morning, but 10 point, what is it? 10.3 million um, adults have suicidal thoughts, you know? So this wow. is what we hear about mental health is like the horrifying statistics. Nobody teaches us how to deal with like our constantly ruminating mind or how to deal with loneliness or what to do when you have a really painful breakup or, you know, nobody teaches us how to deal with these um, not so tangible things that happen to all of us. <laughs> so mm -hmm. my intention mm -hmm. was really to create a space and an experience for people to come and kind of look at that. And also, because a lot of us also have a lot of past pain, whether it's from family or mm -hmm. from relationships mm -hmm. in the past, whatever it is. And how do we clean that up? Because to my, my belief is that we're 
you know, that's what's holding us back. And we don't even realize it. We so subcon we shove this stuff down, we push it down because we're just trying to go forward and move forward and create more and be, you know, be proactive and progress and all of this stuff. And we we don't look at the things that are holding us back. And so I want to create environments for people to drop into to look at some of this harder stuff, but then of course clean it up. It's like an emotional, mental emotional cleanup really is my is my intention. Talk to me about the the retreat itself. So kind of give us some details. Like what would it look like? I I, I sign up for a retreat because when I think when I visualize retreat, right? When I when I hear that or I see somebody that does that for a living, I, let me tell you what I'm thinking in my head, and then you can correct me with what it really is. <laughs> you know, because I hear it, I'm like, oh, I do retreats. I'm, so this is my thought. I'm like, okay, so. I take a week off work. I go in the mountains and I sit around the campfire and hold hands and like tell people about my problems. And then I come home <laughs> and I feel better. And then I come home and feel better. Like that's, that's what I think the retreats are. Why don't you tell me what it really is? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, you know, so there, the great thing about retreating is there's, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. So okay. I spell out nine different elements of retreat because I think, you know, people confuse um, retreats with like, a friend's weekend where you're drinking all weekend and like it was a retreat sort of but like oh, also you, oh you don't you don't get to drink oh that's a bummer <laughs> well you can no i mean you can <laughs> it's a can you know I, I, my belief is that you know a retreat has a higher <laughs> spiritual intent a okay. deeper intention really and so you know you have to choose do you want to go by yourself do you want to go it alone or do you want to join a group you know so i think there's a different there are different different choices to make along the way but really okay the intention of a retreat is so that your the frequency that we're living with this crazy frequency drops mm -hmm. down so that our energy can open up and expand so we come home with greater expansion of energy and like more predictable fluid frequency if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, so every retreat looks so different you know mine um, the ones that i host we have a spot for what i call the heart curriculum so we do that curriculum during the day there are some retreats that are just yoga, which is fantastic. And some people, like you said, can go into the woods by themselves and do a retreat that way. But the nine elements that I include in my book really spell out what needs to be included in a retreat for it to really be a retreat and not just like a, you know, a, a party. A weekend. party. <laughs> right. Or a vacation, which all of which are wonderful too. Um, but I believe retreating has a really different intention. So... So retreats by yourself, is that you coaching me how to go do it by myself or you're coming along for the journey and helping? How, what does that look like? Well, so by, so there's a couple of ways right now. I'm actually about to launch a new product called the self retreat kit. So with that, you, you take it with you and basically it has yoga classes. It has a manual for you to print off. So you go That's by nice. yourself. It has a schedule for you to follow. So if, if you want that kind of guidance, like absolutely that's possible. Um, or, you know, you truly can just go by yourself and pick some books that are, you know, some, some, that would help you further develop, you know, whether that's a spiritual book, a self-help book, a business book, whatever, or even just a fiction book. Um, mental and emotional development is a big part of retreating. So I always ask my clients to bring books or podcasts or different things that will kind of stretch them in different ways, because I believe growth is a big piece of retreating. So again, you can do this by yourself. I mean, you can go to the woods, you can bring some books, you can meditate while you're there. You can, all of the things you can do by yourself. It just depends on what you want. You know, some people are um, less inclined to do that sort of thing, or there are certain pitfalls that might happen if you go by yourself, like 
frittering your time away on the internet, let's say, you know, because it's just a habit pattern we have at home and you get bored and you get there and suddenly it's like, well, this is stupid. And so you start, you know, but, but again, that you want to strip those things away. So if that's something you're inclined to do, then I'd say joining a group might be something worth considering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's different for everybody. And you really have to research if you're going to join a group, I'd say the number one factor to consider is who's the guide, because you really want to understand what their environment is that they're creating, because you don't want to walk into a party situation if you really wanted to have like a self-exploration week, or you don't want to walk into a self-exploration week if you really wanted to have more of a social, you know, atmosphere. So it's worth really digging deep into the the leader if you're joining a group. Whereas Okay. Sorry. Yeah. If you're doing it by yourself, you know, you don't have to do those things, but you want to make sure that you kind of strip away some of the patterns that you have at home um, so that you can get to the deeper layers of the mental, emotional wellness. The groups that you do, like how, how, what size do you, if I looked at the groups, do I I have like groups to choose from? Do I have, okay, so here I want to choose my groups. I want to choose my activity. What does that look like? So the, so typically the, each retreat has a different focus and my groups vary anywhere from, um, you know, like on the low end, like 15 to on the high end, like 45 at this point, they're growing and they're getting a little bit bigger. So that shift, but um, yeah, so, so it kind of depends. And typically I have a schedule that I run pretty tightly. I hold really firmly to people having their own time during the day, because some people are really physically inclined and they want to like go surfing on their off time or go hiking or do stand up paddleboarding or something like that. Some people just need to rest, you know, some people come because like, they're so exhausted and they just need a nap. So, so I hold tightly to having your own space, but in the morning we work hard. We have that heart curriculum piece. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a yoga teacher for 20 years or longer too. So every, we always have yoga yoga and breath work and meditation because this is you know flushing ourselves with these really good habits that we do once in a while at home um, is really important on retreat to kind of break some of those habit patterns that we have so ingrained while we are at home so we do lots of yoga meditation breath work and then we do the curriculum piece and then we have you know kind of some downtime in the afternoon and then we gather again for ceremony and ritual i'm a big believer in the power of ceremony and ritual for folks i think it's something that's missing in our lives right now um so we so we do that every night mm, mm. yeah um is this is this bring your spouse or you come by yourself either i have both i have okay. um Couple, couples retreat is actually the number one that I get requested for. So that's in the works right now, but okay. I have both. I have people come with siblings. I have people come with partners. I have people come with friends and I also okay. completely by themselves. It really, it just depends on what you're looking for and what you want. You know, my, my personal belief is like both my husband and I will take solo retreats each year, each of us, because we feel like that's important and different from like doing a retreat together, you okay. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it is it always go to another country? Is it always go to like a, a resort type of thing? Or w- w- what are the typical locations? You know, for mine, it, the, the land always has to have some kind of energetic resonance or um, mm. so for instance, in the place that I go to in Costa Rica, it's in the blue zones, which the blue zones are the six places in the world that have been identified as people living well over hundred years old. So oh. scientists flock to these places to try and figure out like, what's the secret to longevity. So I, I hope, know. yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, Dan Butner is the, is the gentleman who's done this research. And um, so the Guanacaste Peninsula in Costa Rica is one of these spots. And so I have a, I host a retreat there because of that. 
Um, mm. I host a retreat in Creststone because it's an energetic vortex. There are 38 spiritual sites from all different religions mm. down in the space of Creststone. So I host a retreat there. Um, I like to, to go to places that have hot springs. Like there's always something in the land for me because I think that can't help but um, add to your experience because you know one of the things that happens on retreat is your energy shifts. Again, we're coming with this like really buzzy kind of overdriven energy and it shifts, it kind of settles. Mm -hmm. And so when you're experiencing nature and the land around you, that's really important. And that's really influential in shifting your patterns and your ways of being for when you go back home. So do you make people put their phones away? Do you lock their, their smartphones up? Do you like, Hey, look, here's a bucket. Everybody's going to put their phone in, in here. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, I don't, I strongly encourage, I don't, you know, force, cause I do have lots of folks who come and they're like, you know, I have to check my work once a day. I have to check in and this is, but this is the time that I do that, but people set parameters for themselves. And I kind of, we go through a whole process to figure out what your parameters are so that, so that everyone sets their own, you know, some, again, if parents are coming and they have really young kids that they might be nervous about, you know, not talking to them at all the whole week. But I, I encourage shutting everything off, shutting everything down. That's my mm -hmm. personal practice. But I also know that in the world we live in today, people have different levels of comfort with that. So, um, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut, but I strongly encourage dialing it down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I would just, I totally agree. Like, unless somebody's dying, don't, don't, don't interrupt me. Right. Like it's, totally. it's gotta be like super critical. Yes. Um, okay. How about this? It, it, can I write, is this a business expense? Can I write, if I'm the CEO for a business, can I, is this like a, a, an expense I can, my accountant will be fine with? How does that work? I think so. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I have a lot of clients from Google and their Google pays for their, ah, okay. uh, their you know, employees to do self, self-expansion okay. or any kind okay. of growth educational okay programming. So this counts. I mean, I think that's a big part of the reason why I have so many Googlers is because of that reason alone. Mm. So definitely, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, you can count it towards your education or growth, you know, or mental health and wellness for sure. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. So I get to go, I get to go on a retreat, find, <laughs> get, 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 get emotionally and mentally healthier, um, enjoy myself, and Riderflex pays for it. I got to talk to my my partner Scott, my <laughs> co-founder. We need to sign up for this. <laughs> uh, well, and I too like I know that particularly for masculinity and men, like hearing like, oh, I'm going to get like emotionally fit. That's not always the biggest draw, but I. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a level of creative power that comes out of pulling away. And I talk a lot about this research mm -hmm. in my book, you know, there was a, there was a writer um, named Graham Wallace, who actually came up with the trajectory for the creative process. And what he found is that there are four different steps that we have to go through to have a creative output. There's um, preparation is the first step, then okay. incubation, then verification, and then illumination. And my hypothesis is that we, so incubation is where you kind of relax and just hold something like hold an idea and just you don't you're not focused on it and my belief is that you know we're not we don't have enough space in our life for incubation and retreats allow for incubation and mm. so you go through this process and you come home you're just busting with creative ideas and yep. with power so it's not just like so emotionally happy you know it's like not only that like you feel more vital and alive so it's not just the the mental emotional piece is part of it absolutely but then you come home and you're completely inspired and you have more energy which is which matters so you know i, I uh, can relate to so many things here now i have not been on like a professional organized retreat but 
I do, uh, for the people who listen to this podcast, they probably know, I, I do a lot of solo camping in the mountains where I go by myself. I'll take my Jeep up and, and I go by myself. And, and the, the, I will just confirm several things you said. Number one, you, you come back with all these creative thoughts because you were, you were able to turn your smartphone off, not check email, and just let your mind think without being bombarded with social media and calls and emails. So with the smartphones today, it is amazing what you can come up with creatively. If you'll just turn your phone off for a couple of days, it's just, it's incredible. So I I totally agree uh, that you come back with a lot of ideas. I always come back. I think, I think my team, you know, they're like, Oh shit. Okay. He's coming back from the mountains. There's going to be like five new ideas. We're going to have to implement, (laughs) Uh, you know, so, so I totally, I, I, it's definitely, uh, uh, I can confirm it, it works. The other thing I would mention is, you know, this just recently happened to me. Uh, coincidentally, I went to the mountains. I, I was trying to go up during the week. I wanted to test going up on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I found that very difficult to relax during the week. I found that super hard to do because my mind was racing around what was going on at work and I'm trying to be there during the week and like, Oh, this is hard. You know, I'm super stressed. And so on the second day I made the mistake of picking up my satellite phone and calling my business partner to check in and that, and I shouldn't have done that because, you know, then I, then my mind was just, it was over. There was no more creativity. Now I'm stressed about work. And so I just packed my shit up and came home. And so I, you know, the lesson there, I would just say for people is, you know, try to stay away from your, your phone and checking in as much as possible or else, or else it's not going to work anyway. Totally. Well, and I agree with you. And that's one of the elements of retreat is to disconnect from work and home life. And again, I work with adults, so I can't strong arm anyone to do anything, but I really, really, I, I, like you said, it makes a huge difference to just shut it down. I always suggest an email to your work and to your family being like, Hey, I love you. Or, you know, work. I'm like, thanks so much for understanding. I'll see you in a week, you know, like shut it down. So there's a really strong boundary. There's no need to be sharing pictures or sharing breakthroughs. None of that. (sighs) Like it's just, you know, bring your journal. That's what that's for. There's no need to be checking back. And I think you're exactly right that if you even just like once or twice, then it, then it becomes, cause it takes a few days. I don't know if you've experienced this or at least right. a day to unwind from that nervous, that frenetic energy that we all come in carrying. So it's important to have that day of like kind of the panic. And then the next day or the next two days, it starts to like settle down a little bit, you know, but it takes a day or at least a day, maybe even a couple of days to break away from that. So if you're checking in the whole way through, then you're definitely missing some opportunities for sure. Couldn't agree more. I also love what it does for my, for my relationship with my wife. Like anytime, this is going to sound really cheesy, masculine, like caveman, caveman crap or whatever. (laughs) Like if I go on a solo trip to the mountains, like way back in the woods, like nobody around, like you know, kind of a little risky maybe or whatever, you know, Um, and I'm gone for like three days, man, when I come back home, I feel like, I feel like I've conquered like something huge and my wife is there and she's ready to see me and I'm ready to see her and it's super, uh, you know, good. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if if anybody else experiences that, but I do because I feel like I've conquered something and now I'm going to see my, my bride and it's awesome. (laughs) Is that weird? Is that cheesy? I don't know. 
No, that's, that's exactly what happens. I mean, that's amazing. It's, that's like the, I, the whole idea, right? Is like, sometimes we do need a little bit of space, right? So that we can remember yeah. what we have. And when we focus on ourselves, we come home with more power to share with everyone. So it's not exactly the outcome. It's not cheesy at all. And to have a healthier, stronger relationship. I mean, that's one of the best outcomes we can hope for. You know, we're yeah, so obsessed true. with like professional outcomes, but the truth is if we have an amazing partnership, if we have like a healthy physical body, if we have slept really well and eaten nourishing food, like we can conquer anything. Like work mm -hmm. is like easy, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's those, it's those more nuanced things like relationships that benefit from, from retreating. Are your, are your clients more uh, their emotional state is it are they are they in bad shape more because of relationships and the loss of love or more because of material things and stress around work and they're depressed because they don't live in the right neighborhood so, so is it more more around material things and work or more around relationships and, and love what what's the what do you see most of you know, that's a great question that I have never had before, but I, it really runs the gamut. I think everybody's dealing with such different things. You know, in the mm -hmm. beginning, I had more of a type, I would say, like I had a lot of um, high achieving CEOs and, and like really successful folks who just needed to plop into a program so that I could run it for them and like dial it down. But I have moms and dads coming. I have people, like, like you said, people dealing with breakups or, or loss. I've had a lot of people who have lost parents mm -hmm. who have come to kind of process and work through some of that or so it, it just depends I mean we all go through all of these stages that's the thing we all experience loss we all experience like stress we all experience you know um, feeling yes. lost, lost in our lives sometimes and I think that's what's so great about the practice of retreat is it's it's the way to reset it's the way to like take charge again and be like you know maybe last year your intention was like you know you were trying to heal from something maybe this year it's like you're trying to create something new so retreat yeah, I mean, it offers something for you no matter what state you come in. You know, I used to use retreating as like a tool for healing. I still use it as a tool for healing, but now I use it also as like a propellant for creativity. So like I am about, you know, whenever I'm about to start a new project, I know I need to pull away so that I can kind of refocus and and not even focus. So I can just relax and read and 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 I call it um, to drift, you know, just allow myself to drift a little bit, like, um, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh, I can't remember. But anyway, the point is like, I just think it's so nice to step away because then you, you come back and no matter what state you're in, there's value for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, can you, uh, is cannabis involved? Can you drop some mushrooms? Can you, can you, can you, what, what can you do? What, what's allowed? So that's, <laughs> So that one's coming actually. I have I have okay. a retreat for this coming. It'll probably be mushrooms. I'm working with a functional medicine okay. nurse actually. Right. We're gonna host one in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, this one I can't um, pub I can't have publicly on my website. So it's got uh, kind of a tell your friends kind of a thing. Um, and I it's met with like some people are like, oh, that's so awesome. And some people are like, oh, this is terrible. Like what are you so but I'm you know, I'm open-minded and I love this. I'm really fascinated by this kind of stuff. And I'm about transformation at all at all costs, you know, for any in any way. So I love experimenting with different things. So yeah, yeah. so I think mm -hmm. that you know a lot of my retreats, that's not a part of it. Um, if you want it to be and you do your own retreat, it certainly can be. I mean, that's its I own see. experience for sure. But I'm I am planning to have one that's with that intention the whole way through. I yeah. think I think I think that's great. You know, 
I think it's great. I think it's great that cannabis can be involved now at our age uh, publicly. And meanwhile, meanwhile, when we were in college, we had to like sneak around. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's uh, great. Um, how about this? When you're sitting around in the circle, uh, you're talking in groups or whatever, how do you work on managing that dominating personality? You know, Fred, who thinks he needs to talk the whole time and he's trying to dominate everybody. How, how do you talk to me about managing that? <laughs> That's a good question, because there is always a Fred. <laughs> yes, always is. Matter of yeah. fact, when you, when you first get your group, you're probably like, OK, let me figure out who Fred is. OK, there he yeah. is. Right here. <laughs> totally. And every like, every time without fail, that always happens, you know, even yes. when I think it might not. But, um, you know, I think, again, years having been a teacher, it's really helpful because I've worked with all kinds of kids um, and it's trained me mm -hmm. to be flexible mm -hmm. and also like a like a ninja in a way that like I can kind of move and shape and shift. And, you know, I had one um, I had one person who came my very first retreat ever who was um, making racial comments and not, not directly in the group, you know, but, but, but kind of backhandedly. And ooh, I had, ooh. you know, an Iranian woman, I had a Filipino woman who were telling me that this was happening. Ooh. So, you know, at that point I didn't have the confidence nor did I have the liability form signed to be like, kick her off. Now, <laughs> now I do that. Now I have people sign forms and yeah. now I have confidence so that I would ask that personally, but I addressed the group directly. And I just said, Hey, like, this is not, you know, like, this is not a place for this. If this happens again, you will be asked to leave. So it always happens, you know, it um, always right happens, right. Background happens. As a teacher, I think that helps, but you know, adults are interesting. <laughs> they, I mean, people, people are interesting, right? I mean, so, so I'm sure like if, if like a, you see people like starting to argue about politics or some social issue or whatever, like you, you hear us a little side conversation, you were watching them on the side and they're bickering about, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, I'm sure you're monitoring and managing and trying to maneuver through that all the time. For sure. For sure. And at a certain point too, like as a, as a facilitator, I have to drop it too. Cause I can completely lose myself in like being too focused on these two people who are having an issue. And like, I've got a whole group to manage. Mm. So like an issue and if they need to step outside and I'll ask them to go handle themselves like we're all adults here you know like I'm not gonna yep. people and I have a bigger goal and mission to serve a whole group not to serve just two people who are distracting the whole process you know so I stay pretty wedded to like my intention which is to serve the entire group um and if people are distracting that or they're being assholes then like I will gladly ask them to leave <laughs> speaking of speaking of serving the whole group when you said 45 earlier my first thought was 45 people that's 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 pretty challenging for you as the facilitator to make sure you're hitting each person because i'm i'm just guessing you're organized enough to where you're probably like you probably got this sheet of paper and you're like okay fred did i talk, I talk to fred I talk to <laughs> john okay bobby okay sally oh I, okay yep i haven't hit it i gotta make sure i talk to him like i mean you're gonna have to make sure you're talking to everybody so they feel like because if not they're like oh she didn't even talk to me i mean yeah she's talking to mary i mean you get all that i'm sure that happens Right. For, I mean, for sure. And one of the great things about the group process is like in as groups are getting bigger, we I have people pair up. And so a lot of processing happens between the pairs, which mm. ends up being a really wonderful thing to have this accountability buddy, because many of people, many people who come and end up being accountability buddies stay in touch afterwards. And that's one of the great secrets of of making your retreat carry on longer than just that experience is you check in and you're like, Hey, how are you doing on that goal? Or like, how are things going with your relationship or whatever it was that you shared intimately? Cause not everybody wants to raise their hand in a group. I mean, some right. people do it much, right? right? But some right. people right. stay silent the whole time. So having that 
um, accountability buddy, make sure that everybody's heard. And that's really important when you're kind of processing these deeper things. Mm. How I'm sure yeah. this happens to you too. Does this happen? Like Mary, pull, Mary taps on the shoulder, like, Hey, can we like talk on the side after? Can I, can I I'm sure you get that constantly. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I offer what I call soul sessions. They're one-on-one -on -one ah. sessions and they're during a very distinct window of time for the same reason. That, again, my first retreat, I was always like, yes, 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 yes. And so I was just hemorrhaging. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I was completely depleted, which serves nobody. So I yeah. have to be pretty um, tight about like one-on-ones because I understand that people, some people want to process deeper and like, I, that's, I love that. But I also know that like, I can't do it every single moment, the whole, you know, week long or you can't, whatever. You can't. Yeah. Right. You ever, yeah. you ever get like a 2 a.m., like a 3 a.m. knock on your door at the hotel? At the, you're like, ah, and they're like, I think I just need to talk. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But now thankfully I have, a, I have assistance now. Again, I've learned, I've grown. Ah. I, have, I have help so that people All can right. help kind of mitigating some of that which is really great <laughs> do you have a do you have assistants to stand next to you and like as a, as a client's coming towards you they're like mary it's mary it's mary i mean it would be tough okay uh, let me ask you a couple more questions here um if 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 you were to be challenged if somebody were to say um hey brie look there's there's Cause I get this too, as a recruiter, right? There's like, there's like 20,000 recruiters. And when we're trying to sell recruiting, you know, everybody's like, well, why is my rider flex different? And we got to sell our value, blah, blah, blah. Yep. For you, you know, same thing. Like, how would you answer that? Like, okay, well, there's a bunch of retreat people. Like why, why is Breeze special? Like what's the, what's the, the differentiation and, and value for you compared to everybody else? How would you describe it? Yeah, that's a great question. I What's different about my retreats is that I offer a heart curriculum. So every one of my retreats, I have, you have a full like manual really. And it's, it's the latest researched, um, um, like I deep dive into whatever the topic is and have all kinds of research and all kinds of activities for people at my retreats. And that's what's different. Cause mo like I said, most of my competitors are yoga retreats or mm -hmm. um, different things like that. But having mm -hmm. this heart curriculum is what makes it so unique. So not only do you have a physical experience you have kind of an internal emotional and energetic experience too. And you can take that with you. You know, you leave and you refer back to that. Like how, it, how did I do on that goal? Or like, have I processed that relationship with my father? Or did I reach out to my mother, like I said, I was going to, or have I reconnected with my brother, you know, whatever it is, you have that with you. So you're not just like, you don't go home feeling like, gosh, I feel really good. You go home with a full transformation and you go home with like actionables too. That's really important. Wow. Yes. Wow. Cause I want to walk away with something. So the heart curriculum is what makes my retreat so unique. And each retreat, like I said, has a really different focus. You know, one retreat it's, um, it's called purify. So that one's actually a cleanse. So it's a three day juice fast. And we work on um, moving past fear and um, releasing stuck emotion or releasing trauma, both big and small. So that's purify. Then I have one called ignite. And this is the looking at the relationship between masculine and feminine energy and how it plays out in our intimate relationship. So lots of times what I've found is a lot of my clients are really women who have been who are in masculine situations. So what happens is they kind of masculinize themselves. And what happens then is if they're with a masculine partner in a relationship, then they they lose polarity. They start to you know they start to struggle because they're too similar. It's like we've got two masculine people operate. It doesn't matter the gender. It can be like both both male, both female. It doesn't matter. You're always going to have masculine energy and a feminine energy. And to have that chemistry, you got to have both. 
you know, so, so that's a retreat. Um, you know, I do all, all different kinds. I have one for mothers and daughters. I have one right or before the holidays called honor because the holidays can be really triggering for people, you know, like <laughs> there's all this like joy and that's a lot of that's true. And there's also a lot of sadness and heartache and like, that's, you know, if you lost someone, I mean, that's really difficult and painful. If you have, if you didn't have that upbringing that like some people did that holidays can be difficult. So I do one right before the holidays. So again, every retreat has a really different focus so that okay. people can really dive into whatever they need at the time. Yeah. I don't think I could do the purify because I, I need to eat and drink whatever I want. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> fair. Uh, what's the business model if you don't i don't know how much you want to share but is it um yeah. i pay i pay per retreat i i pay monthly yearly talk to me about the model it's per retreat at this point it's per retreat and you know i've thought a lot about how because i have a lot of repeat clients who as okay. every time i roll out a new retreat i'll have a lot of people who have come to a bunch of other retreats come to this retreat. So I've thought about like how to do something for the people who continue to come, um, okay. but it's pay per retreat because they are so different. And I try to offer a variety, like I'll have a week long retreat, but I also have just a day retreat because I know that not everybody can escape for a week. So I have different like entry points for people. I have some weekend retreats that works really well for some people. I have long weekend retreats and then I have the full week. And you know, eventually as my kids get older, I'll add bigger, longer, but right now okay. it's manageable. Pay, pay, pay 100% up front. No, usually there's a deposit, a significant deposit um, at that you pay at the beginning and then um, you pay the rest like two months before or something like that. And oh, I, two I, months. I, I see. I see. But they, they, you need to be paid in full before you get on the airplane to go somewhere. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, now that's the other question I have. And then I'll hit you with a couple more questions. I know we're almost, almost out of time. Yeah. When I hear the word retreat, and I think a lot of people, you know, feel this, think this way. Yeah. I, I always relate that to uh, rich people that have the money to pay for this stuff and yep. the, the average middle class, you know, blue collar plumber, you know, he doesn't have the money to pay for these retreats. So I always think of it as a, as a, as a rich person activity, yeah. I guess to two part question, why do I think that way? And, and correct me on it, I guess, and, and tell me what, what it, you know, Help me help me understand why it's not just for rich people. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think why you feel that way is because that's what we see in the media right now. The visions of retreat are at these like elaborate, beautiful places. And it's always white people, right? It's always mm -hmm. the rich white people doing these experiences who have the yes. time, resources, et cetera. The truth is though, retreating was started by like religiously devout people, right? I mean, I, I don't know who, which religion has claim on like who started the first retreats, but like you think back to like even the transcendentalists, like who would just leave and go in the woods as you expressed too. So, so one of my missions is to put retreating on the map for all folks, because yes, it's nice to join a, join a program and join some kind of retreat like that. It's also just as effective, right? To go into the woods or to go to your sister's cabin or to go to your friend's place in the city and spend two nights completely by yourself with your books your phone shut off and some nice music I mean that's effective as well so retreating can be for anyone and that's really my intention is to share the message that it's for everyone and you know I also on my programs especially my week-long one I have a scholarship so every year I have folks apply and we pick last year we had two or two years ago because of COVID but we had two women come on that one the year before it was just one and it's based oh. on 
feed um, because I feel really strongly about that too. I feel like Love it's it. not fair that like the people who can afford it get these experiences, but probably the people who need it the most, you know, who are overworked and stressed yes. out and can't access it. So that scholarship's really important to me. It's something that um, I plan to do every year going forward. Um, but again, like it doesn't have to be at this luxurious resort, even though that's lovely. Like you really can rent a hotel or a motel room or stay in your friend's cabin, you know, and that's just fine. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Two, two uh, last questions. Yeah. If you, you know, you've experienced a lot at this point and you've met a lot of people, you've been through quite a journey yourself just in life. If you could call the young lady coming out of CU and tell her anything today, um, what, what would you tell her based on what you've learned? Oh, that's a great question. To just have more trust, you know, and I think that's a that's a um, something I even struggle with a bit now is to just relax a little bit. And I'm a I'm kind of, I'm a hard worker. I was raised on the value of hard work, and so I push and I push and I push and I grind. And that's a that's one of my strengths. That's why I've accomplished so much. But um, if I could just receive a little bit more, trust a little bit more, relax a little bit more, I think I'd have a more graceful, um, you know, I, I, a more graceful time with it for sure. Mm. Yeah. Does the trust come into play because there's just so many people out there um, that are trying to take advantage or trying to, where does that come from? It's, it's not as much trusting people. It's like trusting that, you know, no matter what comes, like I'll handle it, you know, no I matter see. what comes, no matter, like uh, one of the things that retreat, the hosting retreats has taught me is like, you know, when I first started putting my retreats out there, I was like, oh my gosh, like, are people going to sign up? Am I going <laughs> to even work? Like what, you know, and I was, I had a lot of nervousness around that. And what I learned every single retreat is like the people who are meant to be there are there and the experience unfolds as it should. And like, that's what I mean by trust, you know, not necessarily people. It's more just like, trust mm. that the universe is, is working in my favor, you know, and, gotcha. and whatever, even if it's not, even if something really difficult and painful happens, like I can handle it, you know, and I can, gotcha. I can get a lesson from it for sure. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Last qu question. If you could put your core purpose in life into a sentence today, Let's separate, let's separate your three children and husband for a minute. Let's make it a, let's make it a, let's make it a professional core purpose. Yeah. If you could put that core purpose into a sentence now at this stage in your life, what would that sound like? I think it's to help people rediscover their power, to remember that they have everything they need to help people, to help people rediscover their power and their, um, their wellness that's already there. Mm. Okay, very good. It sounds like you're doing that. You're doing that right now, right? For, for, for the listeners, what's the best thing for them to do? BreeDoyle.com, is that the best way to? I think so, yeah. Subscribe to BreeDoyle.com. You can get my book from there. And also, I'm active on Instagram. That's my most active social channel. So um, I'm, it's, it's at Wellbeing by Bree. At Wellbeing by Bree? Yeah. On Instagram? And, and the book, can I pre-order it on Amazon as well? Yeah. Yep, you can pre-order Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, a lot of independent stores as well. But yeah. Okay, and the and the book, just so everybody knows, you should leave now, going on a retreat to find your way back to yourself. Um, what's the launch date? July what? July thirteenth. July thirteenth. July thirteenth. Okay, very good. Do I get like a signed copy or anything? What What do I get out of this deal? 
Absolutely. In fact, in, in fact, I forgot to tell you since you were on the podcast that like I get like free retreats for life now. I forgot to. Did you get that <laughs> note from Scott? <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll see you in a couple weeks then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bree, thanks for being on the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so grateful to talk to you. You ask great questions. Thank you.